This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Plasma Capture. Plasma Capture. Green? Green. Plasma Capture. Plasm. Plasma Capture. <laughs> Plasm! There's no A! What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Plasma. This Plasma. is not scripted. This wasn't scripted. <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal palm-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Sorry, Jay just agreed with Medina. My head exploded. Jay Boosh. Is this what it's like to be a brewer? Because that was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's like. I fucking, I take it all back. Scotty. I would really like you to, like, come clean. You just mulligan to land, land, elf sword every single game. And Medina. So anyways, I had to leave, obviously, because I'm just not going to sit here and watch chicks get naked when there's trading to be done. And now, the A-Team. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 126 of the A-Team. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some sweet, sweet limited tech and i got my two bros with me scotty mac Sup? and jay boosh yo yes we are all in the house i'm pretty excited uh we are on the cusp of pre-release weekend and for Ooh. the first time since avison restored i will be pre-releasing i'm very excited that's awesome i do love pre-releasing uh i actually i talk a lot of crap about limited you know because i don't like playing limited for funsies um but during pre-release time, it's a totally different experience because for me, uh, I get to see the cards like firsthand. And sometimes when you're playing a card in limited, you just know, like, oh man, this card is going to be like constructed playable for sure. You know, when when you play it like for the first time, you feel, man, this is very powerful. Or, this could be really good in like this deck or that deck. So, um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about that. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's sweet because like I missed Gate Crash and I missed. Um, uh, Return to Raptica. So I basically get to play all of them now, which is like <laughs> super amazing. Yeah. So let's uh talk about because I actually haven't like spent a lot of time looking at what this is going to be set up like. But how are they going to set it up? Are they, are we actually going to get like Return to Ravnica packs and Gate, Gate Crash packs in this? Yeah, you, you get one of each and four DGMs or something. So yeah. So basically, the way that this works is like. You get you get to pick your primary guild, right? And yep. then what happens is is of the other guilds that are potentially connected to you by sharing a color, you will get one of uh, up to four different ones potentially uh, that will match up to your guild. So, for example, like my first one that I'm running, I'm picking Azorius. Okay, so it's blue mm-hmm. and white. My potential allies are Selesnya, Demir, Simic, and Orzov. So what'll happen is is I'll get the guild booster Uh for Azorius, 
and then I will get a guild booster for um, whatever the, the, the special one is, whatever the, the, the partner is, and then I get four packs of Dragon's Maze. Is that Whoa. how they're doing it? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. wait a second. So, so you get a guild, a guild, uh, one, you get basically two guilds. You get two guild packs. Your primary guild and your ally guild. Yeah, and then you get four packs of Dragon's Maze. And in those two guild packs are Gatecrash and what's it called? And, or Yeah, yeah. They're all three. They're actually from all three sets. Okay, and do you get Gatecrash and um, Return Ravnica packs or none no, at all? No packs. Oh, so these are in the, in the guild packs is where you're going to see your Gatecrash cards. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty awesome. And, and apparently there is all of all of the boxes are mapped, apparently. Like, okay, there it is, right there. Somebody comes through. Good old Joel Nidri. Shout out Joel to Joel Nidri. Nidri. Shout out. We don't care if we're not doing shout outs anymore. I, no, you know what? Joel totally earned it. Totally earned it. Okay. So, there is a visual pack viewer. No, I don't want that. Maybe he doesn't get a shout Hold out. Hold on. We're just... No. <laughs> no, it's okay. He can have the shout out. Um, Compiled guild packs. Yeah, okay, here it is. Sweet. So here's the link, gents. I will copy and paste it into this. It's actually in the Salvation forums. You look for Gatecrash guild pack contents, mm -hmm. but what they've done is they've gone through and done like all five of those. So this, this is an example, right? So in pack one of Orzov, okay, if you're driving, example, if you're driving, by the way, and you guys want to see this, uh, just close your eyes. And you just repeat after me out loud, uh, Gate Crash Guild Pack Contents, and then you'll see it. But keep your eyes closed if you're driving. So, so here's, so here's as an example, right? Um, so the Guild Pack, the, the Guild Pack ones are here. So Obsidad Ghost Council is the rare. Viscopa Guild Mage, Righteous Charge, Dying Wish, Executioner Swing, Purge the Profane, Court Street Denison, Night Watch, Devour Flesh, Shadow Ally Denison, Basilica Screecher, Gutter Skulk, Basilica Guards, and Razor Tip Whip. So that's like pack one. So what's really awesome about this is if I go through all of the different lists and I look for, um, yep, yeah, I'm looking. I don't see it. So I know that if somebody plays a Viscopa Guild Mage against me, that I can immediately understand and know for sure they that have they have Obsidat. Wow. So, like, that's extremely powerful information because, as I understand it, the rares and uncommons don't repeat. The commons repeat, but the uncommons do not. Wow. Hey, great information for you guys who are getting this on Monday, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but like, it's so sick because, like, somebody plays an Orzhov key rune against you and you're like, okay, that guy's going to play Merciless Eviction sometime this game. Like, it's so crazy. I'm very excited. That's fucking insane. I can't wait to just rake, rake with a K, not with a P, people. Man, I fucking... want this pack with Aurelia. That's insane. Right? But then I, I was also told that you couldn't get the guild leaders. That's true. No, that's absolutely true. So they could be the rares in the pack, but you no longer get, like, the extra guild leader. So, um, like, in the dragon... So the, the main difference is, is in the dragon's maze ones, you can get the dragon's maze guild leaders. Okay. So they are also littered throughout the pack. So they're slightly different, There's or, or there's some extra ones that have been added into the mix. But yeah, like for the most part, if you, if you are looking to like try to prevent getting beaten by some monster bombs, um, 
you can look out for them if you know what you're looking for. Hmm, that's yeah. insane. Or like in between rounds. Even better. There yeah. it is. Easty Moran came through with an actual... Yeah, so this one's even better. Um, there it is. Ryan Nightingale. Uh, there's actually a Google Doc sheet. Yep. Here you go, boys. You're going to freaking love this. Jay, this is for you. You should just take this link Sweet. and, like, save it somewhere because it's insane. Um, and you can, like, filter. So in this this return to Ravnica, I'm going to retweet this right now. So Right now. And right fucking now. There it is. Right now. Right fucking now. Right now. Right yeah. fucking now. Okay, so there it is retweeted. <laughs> um, so anyway, so actually Ryan's going to be at my pre-release this weekend, so that's dirty. So I'm going to give him like proper props for this one. But it's this huge Google spreadsheet, and there's a lot of traffic on the document right now, but like you can go through and you can see what you're in for. It's I pretty sick. I think that's awesome, sick. but to be honest, I don't really care. I'm going to crush these kids anyways. I do it every time. I suck at limited. Uh, but I somehow just always pull it off, and I build a sweet deck, and I just crush people. So I don't have to look at all these like freaking maps and it's all. It's just this insane. Stuff. It's insane information to have, though. Like knowing that the guy, like like knowing that the guy has a wrath in his deck is is really good well, information. Knowing when somebody plays Demir Kirune, you know that they have the Black Primordial in their deck. Yeah, like that's crazy, crazy. Right? Yeah, it's or, just it is crazy information for sure. But I will not study this. I have way too much stuff to do. No, but if you bring your iPad with you and you check it in between rounds, yeah, like in between rounds, I'm gonna be trading. Like I need to get some uh, of these cards for. <laughs> I need to fill all these pre-orders. I, I have no idea how I'm gonna do it, bro. <laughs> but anyways, to get packs for my uh, Dragon's Mates team, they want to do some um, the Pro Tour Dragon's Mates team. They want to do, like, test drafts, you know? And I never even, like, thought about this. But, yeah, these dudes actually have to test drafting, and there's really no way to do it. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a bunch of prize packs together so that they can test their drafts. Sweet. So, anyway, so I'm, go- so I'm going to a couple pre-releases this weekend. I've been graciously invited to uh, Spell Sling at the afternoon pre-release for uh, Harry T. North. So I'm going to be there. Uh oh. Shout out to those of you that came out to see me by the time this posts. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's like super, super exciting. Uh, my first one I'm going to run Azorius because I get basically the chance to be the nut decks all around. Uh, and then the second one, I think I may actually pick Selesnya because it looks like it's going to be like a really good pick. Because uh, you are absolutely guaranteed not to get Demir or not to get uh, uh, Golgari when you pick Selesnya. So that sounds pretty dirty. What does that mean? You're not gonna get a, a like a um, like a, a Golgari like ally pack is what? Yeah, you're... yeah. Because like Golgari is notoriously the worst guild in Return to Ravnica. Yeah, just like Dimir was in. in yeah. DGM. But what I understand about or this Gatecraft. format, yeah, what I understand about this format from everyone that's been you know messing around with it so far is it is so much slower than any of the other. Uh, previous two. Mm. Yeah, like if you go through and you take a look at a lot of the uh, the sets and or a lot of the, the power and toughness, apparently there's a lot of like two power, four butt. So it's going to be kind of difficult, I think, to uh, to play. Agro? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I have no problem with, you know, making an Azori, making a, an Esper deck. You know, <laughs> like that would be totally fine for me, round one. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, so that's what I'm going to pick. Like, what are you looking for? Who, me? Like Both, both of you. Who I, I'm just going to listen to what Jay says, and I'm just going to pick <laughs> that one. <laughs> I... I have no idea. I was telling Scotty before. Oh, like, crap. I was screwed. okay. So like, so again, I was on the Reddit machine, right? Like doing my due diligence here, and then uh, fucking, I just didn't like. I kept like, there's all these threads every day. There's like 20 threads about the pre-release, and so then I'm like, okay, so let's go check this out. And there's a bunch of people have done like the super ultra mega math to find out like, uh, like what the best guild to pick, but nobody is like. They're just doing. They're all they're doing is just telling you like what the averages and the percentages and the whatever is right. But no one's just told you like if you want to play these colors, pick this deck. If you want to play these, pick this deck. Or like what the best one is because none of those players care about that. Like they all care about fun, and no one's saying like oh this is the best deck or this is the best color to pick because of the two four butt. Like no one's analyzing that like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so I have I have no fucking idea. Like I have no idea what I'm gonna pick. Um, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> well, very happy. I mean, like if you end up in Rakdos with Gruul, you're probably doing okay. Yeah, but I understand that there's not like you get almost no removal in Gruul. I think except for like mugging and groundswell. Oh, you yeah. mean in the in the you mean in the team pack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All oh, right, because that's all you get, right? Yeah. So like the most of the removal that you're going to get is going to come out of the first pack, uh, and you're going to get almost like no support. And then even then, I guess, the crapshoot with the Rakdos. But, like, as far as the removal guilds go, like, Orzov, uh, Demir, and uh, Rakdos. Orzov, Demir, and Rakdos, I think, are basically the ones with the best removal suites. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what everything all shakes out to. Uh, what do you want to play? You just want to bash with Aurelia, John? Is that what you want? I, I would like to. I'd like to bash with Aurelia. Um, I've been getting a lot more respect for that card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played against it in Standard. Um, I've been looking at a bunch of lock deck lists. Uh, and, you know, Aurelia is... It, it's funny, because, like, looking at block and then thinking about this pre-release is kind of, like, similar. You know what I mean? Yep. Because, like, the removal spells in block are similar to... Because it's, like, in the block. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, Aurelia is pretty beastly, and so is the opposite of that in block. And I'd love to be playing either of those creatures in my in my uh, pre-release. And I think because it usually uh, limited is more creature oriented, right? Yeah. So like, I'd probably want more Aurelia because like obviously is a bomb for sure, but it feels like it, you know, Aurelia could capitalize on creatures better than like Obstat, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Borzov typically also was a very powerful like draft strategy too during gate crash. So, I can see that that you know any decks with both of those sort of uh, color schemes could do quite well. Yeah, I could get a pack with like like a I could go with Boros right, and then could I get an Orzov? Yeah. Uh, support pack like that yep. would be sick to me because like it no, goes the other no, way you too. Can't. You can't. You can't get the same from the same set. Uh, oh. Oh. Oh really? Uh, that's a blowout. Yeah. yeah. So I'd have to get like a Selesnya then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you get like you get like Boros and or and like Azorius, and then your deck would suck balls. I guess so. I guess your only chances are like Rakdos, is it, or Ors, or sorry, or Selesnya. Those are I'd your only like, chances. I'd probably like a like a like a Naya, like a basically a Selesnya, like a Boros Selesnya deck. Yeah, would probably be sweet for me. Yeah, like because I do like like last time I played in one of these pre-releases, the one where you get the land. 
that I think this was the last one, the land that you can... Uh, it's, that was Selesnia, yeah. Yeah, the, the land that you can make a big giant 8-8 or whatever with. Yeah. Man, that thing is a beating. Like, So, like, I would like maybe some, some big, like, like an advent of worm or something maybe, and like, you know, some 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 stuff like that that I could populate maybe, like sure, and and Aurelia, yeah, that'd be sick. Like, I'll probably try to build that, and we'll see what happens. It might be a disaster, and I'll be like, ah, I hate this crap. Yeah, and you might also also open like terrible non-Aurelia Boros rares, so that's possible too. Yeah, what other what other Boros rares could I open? Like, I could open the Boros record, right? Spark Trooper, Assemble the Legion, Fireman Avenger. Assemble the Legion is good in limited, no? Yeah, Boros Reckoner, Frontline Medic, Legion Loyalist, or Molten Primordial. Like, I would have no problem with any of those except for the Spark Trooper. Yeah. Although, with the Spark Trooper, you also get... I'd rather have a Spark Nothing Trooper. Nothing good. I'd rather have a Spark Trooper than that Molten Primordial. Yeah, really? Steal a dude and swing with it? Yeah, like, I, I actually didn't even play that when I got it in my pre-release. Yeah? Yeah, yeah it cost seven. Yeah, but yeah. I thought you guys had a bunch of mana unlimited. So, the other thing, too, to consider as well, is that, like, the big bombs are going to be way more castable um, at these pre-releases, right? Because like, yeah. in, in Dragon's Maze, all of the clue stones are common. So, like, there's a really good shot that you're going to have in four packs to get, like, three or four different clue uh, clue stones which are all just, like, mana rocks to ramp, right? So even if they're not on color, like, you just ramp and then fucking cash them in if you need to. No, like, but you can't cash them in without the color, though, right? Oh, is that how they work? I think it's, like, you could tap for either color or pay one of each and oh, okay. stack it. But even Am still, I wrong? Like, or? I, I don't know. I'll look it up. But, like, even if, you're, even if that's the case and you're still doing it just to, like, to rampant growth, in a non-green color, like, that's still sick. Like, it's going to make the seven drops way more effective. I'm just saying, like, you're going to want to play those, I think. This yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I like those. I like Q-Stones uh, because of that. Like, if they're on color, for sure. I, I We have to look it up, because I... I'm now, looking it up right now. I'm doubting myself right now. What are you looking up? Clue-Stones. What about them? Uh, like, they tap on. for each color of mana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you also, yeah, you do have to have one of each to catch it. Yeah. Anyways, it's pretty sweet. I'm uh, I'm really excited about the pre-release. Like for the first time in a long time, I'm, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I was I was expecting like a lot of limited tech from from Jaboosh over here. No nah, man, like at this, I don't like gimmicky shit like this, and it's pretty gimmicky. So, well, what what do you think? Like, what do you think are some of the better limited cards in the set? Like, what do you think are the top three limited cards in the set? I have no idea. Yeah. Like, I, I looked at, at them, and I have just no fucking clue. Like, there's a lot of just good, like, like just common, uncommon guys. Like, there's a lot of just good stuff. But I, like, I don't like that they're like, you know, oh, there's ten guilds, so we'll make, like, one of each keyword. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't, like, it doesn't feel like all the guilds are in here. It feels like, it feels like one of each guild member is in the set. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it doesn't sound like... Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like a meeting of the guilds. Like, they did really poorly with that, to me. Um, oh, I have no, you feel I, like I, it's kind of spotty. Yeah, like, I feel like they're just, they're just like, they just needed an excuse to put, like, a bunch of multicolored cards in Limited. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they didn't, I don't know what the story is. I don't know what happens at the end of the Dragon Maze. I don't know, like, and I mean, I'm sure they're going to reveal that in, like, the book or something, but, like, 
I just feel like I, I just don't care at all about the guild champions, about running this stupid race. I don't care about like all this stuff that they're doing. And then like, I don't care that there's like one, you know, there's one unleashed guy. There's one, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, I just, it just feels like they're just, they just jammed a bunch of shit into a set. Yeah. You know, they didn't like this. They they didn't, they didn't design it. They were just like, Oh yeah, we have to do this. I think like one of the best sets that they did, like telling the story through the product with, in in recent times is Rise of the Eldrazi. Yep. Like without like I'm not a big like uh I'm not a big story guy or like a art guy or whatever you call it was a right. Host, right? Yeah. I'm not one of those guys, but like with the Rise of the Eldrazi, like everything in the set and everything about the art and everything already told you the story. There's these big ass creatures, they're destroying Zendikar and like someone has to stop them, right? And like well, that was the story, right? Or yep. maybe <laughs> I'm like I'm like thinking I understand the story. That's like totally not it. <laughs> oh man, everyone understands the story, right? There's these three planeswalkers. They get lost in the woods, and no, <laughs> uh, no, that was the other step. So yeah, so some of the big like I guess limited cards. One of the big ones that I noticed that I probably while I was just looking, I'm like, yeah, that'd be really good and probably limited. Was that um. Was the uh, freaking? I just now I'm now I'm drawing a blank. Damn it! Uh, far and away. Oh yeah, that card's gonna be insane all around. Yeah, what do you guys think of that? You think that's gonna be pretty sick? Yeah, that's the like bounce and tribute card. Yeah, yeah. The the fuse card, yeah. The other fuse card that I was looking at was the um, the one where they mill eight and then you can reanimate something. Uh. It's like dead and gone or something like that. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what the first name of it is. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, down it. Oh no, that's something else. D- yeah, check out the names of these, some of these cards. Down and dirty, ready I love and willing. It. I'm just I, like, what the heck? I love it. I've been, uh, I, I've been like trying to get a boost cube together, and so I just got like an update, like a beta update for the guy who made it, and he's got a bunch of split cards in it, and the names on some of these split cards are hilarious, like puke and rally. Like, it's just so funny. Anyway, yeah. like, two in the pink, one in the stink. Yeah, that's those two separate cards. Anyways. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's that good. One is, that, one is, that one is out of line. It's pretty funny. So, <laughs> I'm excited. But yeah, the names are, are insane. And I, I really like how, you know, like, Turn and Burn, you know, like, they're all kind of catchy and current. And I, I like it. Yeah, so, anyways, the card that, uh, what is it, uh, the one that mills, and I don't know what it's called. Oh, uh, Breaking and Entering. Yeah, am I off base here? Is this a good limited card? Like, it's well, like I, mill, isn't it? Just like mill eight reanimate or something, yeah. or mill. I don't mill know. Eight. Like, that doesn't like, seem very good. That doesn't seem good and limited at all. No. Well, I mean, like, if I mean, it's a reanimate. Like a reanimate card is good and limited. It is right. If you're yeah. in the if you're in the mill deck, like it's fine. It's so like how are you card, in the like, mill deck with four dragon maze packs? Well, I mean, it depends on what you get in your in your Demir pack, right? Nope, it doesn't. Because even if you got fifteen mill cards, that's not enough to build a mill deck. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand that there's no mill deck, right? But there's plenty of limited games that I've played that have come down to like a limited amount of cards. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. especially this is like a uh, this card is blue, black, red. So, like in a deck like that where you're just killing everything there could be a possibility that they just go down to, like, a point where you can actually... But I'm not saying, like, this is the strong point of the card that you can build an 8, 
But I'm saying, incidentally, yeah, milling them eight might just kill them. Who knows? But on top of that, if you could just play the biggest creature out of their graveyard, you know what I mean? Which seems good. Yeah, like, or, or your graveyard, right? Or yours, yeah. Yeah, like, and that's fine. And it gains haste. Yeah, like, that, those are good things, yeah. Yeah, and, like, if you want... And, like, like, my dick's not hard about that. Like, I don't... That's, like... Like, you know what I mean? Every fucking set has a reanimate. So... Sweet. This reanimates on the other half of a different card and has a fun, like a funny pun name. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. But not every, not everyone gives them haste, and not everyone, like you can mill and then pick, so it gives you more selection. Which is like before you have to kill their creature. Yeah. And but this you could just you're milling eight, which is like in a forty card deck, that's a sizable amount. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so, how, how much does it cost to cast both halves? Eight. Yeah. Um, Seems all right. That's not that's not exciting to me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I mean it's, it's it's all right. I mean, it's not going to be terrible. But I, like I said, guys, I think you may be seriously seriously underestimating how slow this format's going to be. I I don't know. I have no idea. But um, I do know that uh, this down and filth card is going to be sick in my freaking reanimator deck. Yeah, apparently the big hubbub is all around. Uh, Deathbridge or Deadbridge chant right now. It's the next seance, apparently. Really? Yeah, yeah. You only have eight left, and I don't uh, know how many of those you actually have left now. Uh, okay, well, let's find out and let's raise the price. Yeah. Why is that the big hubbub? Um, so Reed mentioned it in one of his articles, and in addition to that, I guess Marcel has just recently, like, because it just got unleashed on the closed beta right now. And as I understand it, Marcel has put together some sort of deck that's just insane. And I mean, between he and and Ryan and those guys, it's it's their big spec to go deep. Um, but I mean, like it's a mythic rare, and it's only three bucks right now. What card is this? Uh, Deadbridge Chant. It's the one for six. It's the the Golgarian enchantment for six that comes into play. You mill yourself ten, and then you basically get to like debtor's knell your own graveyard at random every turn. Yeah, that's not a good card. But is this anyway. an EDH? No, standard. In standard, somebody wants to play this. Yep. Oh. This is why I'm not on the Pro Tour, I guess. Uh, so Reed, Reed is talking about this thing. Yeah, Reed is basically saying that like it's almost like the Staff of Nin spot in the Jun sideboard. Like, because, I mean, it, the the new standard is going to be dictated so much by Sire of Insanity. Like, he's going to be in a lot of decks, I think. Um, and is, like, he special... that, is he the one that kills you or something? He's the one that makes everybody discard their hand every turn. Right. Yeah, so I think that um, like we're going to see a lot of that in the mid-range mirrors. Really? And uh, that being case, like being able to just basically get like free guys onto the battlefield and not have to worry about it is pretty sweet. The fact that the in- the um, enchantment removal also is not widely played is going to make a card like that really difficult to remove. And that's the other thing that's really relevant. Like, you can't basically play cards like Witchbane, Orb, and Staff of Nid anymore because every green-black deck that's worth its salt is going to be playing some number of Putrefy main deck. Like, yeah. Right? So the the th- same cannot be said about cards that are going to remove uh, enchantments so ubiquitously. So, I mean, like, it's the same sort of effect that we're seeing with Assemble the Legion where you, like, play it and wait and win. Like, it just inevitably amasses these resources that most decks have a really difficult time overcoming. Uh, Deadbridge Chant is going to be the same sort of effect. I don't know, man. Like, 
What deck are you playing this in? Like where you're just like, oops, I, I like I like randomly reanimated a fucking like Arbor Elf. Sweet. Well, I mean, okay, so you got two Arbor Elves in the entire Jun deck, though. Otherwise, it's like Huntmasters, Thrag Tusks, like. But it's Sires. random cards. You could also be reanimating forests. No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but those cards go back to your hand, right? So at least, at the very least, it's a Howling Mine. For six. In a mid-range mirror where you gain a million life anyway. Like, Ugh. all I'm saying is that if, 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 if everything's going to be dictated by Sour of Insanity, or if he's going to be as dominant in those sorts of matchups as we, you know, are hearing he's likely to be, then being able to draw two cards a turn when your opponent is drawing one and can't keep any, like, that's pretty sweet. You don't even have to pay the mana if you do arbitrarily get a creature, right? So you're playing this in a deck with Wolfrun, and I mean, like, like that card's fine. Plus, you're going to bring that card in against, like, Esper Control or any of the Drownyard decks, and you're just like, sweet, free shit, all day. Like, I think the card has got, it's got room. Like, I can totally see where it fits. I'm not saying that it's, like, going to be the next $20 card, but, like, by the Mythic of 3, it spikes to 10, you're golden. That's all I'm saying. I think, uh, I don't think this card is as shitty as Jason it is. No. Um, I think it's good. It's a liability with, uh, Rest in Peace, you know, because if you play this and they play Rest in Peace, you get nothing for six mana. Agree. Also, like, um, is, it only, is it only you, or is, it's obviously only you, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's only, yeah. And it's only your graveyard. Like, it does nothing to your opponent. Yeah. Well, also, the other, the positive about this, though, is if you're not talking about, um, if you're not talking about rest in peace, like other things like ground seal don't doesn't affect it. Yeah. Uh, because it says choose a card at random. And it also like makes it really hard for people to like uh use the white card to purify the grave on you. Yeah. Because like they might I guess they just purify the best thing, right? But they can't they don't know what you're getting back, you know? And they and they by the time the ability resolves it's too late to Yeah, it's too late to target it at that point. Yeah. So so that's interesting. Also, just putting ten cards in your graveyard is is valuable in a junk deck, anyways. In like a junk deck, because then you could just you know unbarrel write something. Um, if you like, if you combo this with like um, that that uh, Obsidat's aid card or something, you know, there might be some kind of play there. I I know that there's other ways, like better ways, like Grizzly Salvage is like a hundred percent better to put cards in your graveyard. Yeah. You know, um, but. This still is not, it's like, it's not like it doesn't provide anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not a total do-nothing card. I think that it's actually got, you know, some viable legs, and we'll see how it all shakes out. At the same, like, by the same token, though, you really, I mean, you really do wonder about, like, its its viability, because, like, this kind of reminds me, like, it's serving the place of, remember those, uh... it was a three-mana enchantment, it was, like, basically the one that everyone got all pissed off about, the art. Um, it was green, and oh, triumph of ferocity. Yeah, yeah, triumph of ferocity. Right, like they would play that in the control deck, and you would draw an extra card every turn because your creatures were bigger. Yeah, but like that was three mana, or or like the other one is um is basically underworld connections, right? Right, but like, but at the same time, like you're still having to do something for that effect, and then when you draw the card, you have to cast it, like. This gives you a instant graveyard stuff, right? So like instantly there's there's goodies, and then B, um, you don't have to pay the mana if you hit a creature. Like it, it's it's all there, there's good upside to both ends. Like I understand six is going to take forever, but I'm not saying this is going to be a ubiquitously main deck card. Like I'm not saying this is the next Boros Reckoner, 
but I think that you're gonna you're definitely gonna see this as some pretty sweet sideboard tech uh, in in more than one deck, and it's it's gonna be pretty powerful. Uh, yeah, we're like we're just presenting the other side of the token. You know what I mean? You're saying it's super good. I'm saying like if you want to draw a card a turn, you can use you know underworld connections or something. Because this to me, like I, I thought this was only creature. So like I thought it just reanimated a creature at random every, at every turn. Yeah. And I th- that I think that's like a hundred percent better. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because like eventually it's just going to get to the point where you're reanimating like the good creatures, even if it doesn't do it right away. But this is any card, then it's like you can just get random things like lands or stupid stuff that you don't want. You know? Yeah. Well, it will be uh, be interesting to see what happens. It's uh, there's a lot this set is presenting. I think. That uh, is is going to change things the way that things go. So I'm... oh yeah, man. This even like things like obsidian aid into uh, into omniscience is something like exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, if you you can run that in kind of like an Esper deck with like you know right now Esper with like um, Forbidden Alchemies. There is that Esper Reanimator deck that's running Forbidden Alchemy exactly. Yeah. So you just run Forbidden Alchemy, Liliana. Like, uh, you know, Omniscience, Opsets Aid, and, uh, you know. Angel Serenities are in there. Yeah, Angel um, Serenities. Yeah. Uh, Brain Jace is in there, too. I like that he's named Brain Jace. <laughs> like, what else do you call him? Like, big Motherfucking Brain Jace. Emo Uncle Jace? Like, <laughs> I don't know what you call him. That sounds kind of weird. <laughs> Emo Uncle Jace. So are we talking about constructing now, or are we talking about limited still? Um, I'm Jay. Anything else you want to chime in about limited? Fuck no! I have no idea what I'm gonna do. I have no idea how to do it. Super. Yeah, like I'm just I'm in the dirt. I just I want somebody to just tell me what the best fucking possible combination is, so I can pick that and win. I don't want to fucking play. Is it is it Rakdos or something? So I I think I can't play that, but like. I, think I don't the, play. Is it Boros? Like that's gonna be fucking terrible. Yeah, the best combinations I think are gonna be like Boros Gruel is gonna be insane. I think you're also good with uh, Orzov Boros. Um, and Orzov. Didn't Bor- we say you couldn't do that? Yeah, you can. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Because yes. that's the one I got excited about. Yeah. So I think you're. <laughs> well, no. The, hold on. There's. Stop getting okay. excited about the same one I already got excited about. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold the presses. Hold on. I'm going through the article. Um, the article's on uh, the mothership. There's somebody that basically posted a... Um, and it was somebody on the mothership, and I'm trying to find out who it is. Yeah, you're right. You can't get them from the same. So the only people... So Selesnia, Selesnia can get Boros, and Azorius can get Boros, and Rakdos can get Boros, and is it? So I think Rakdos is a good one, Jay. You unfortunately do run the risk of getting Demir. Yeah, like Rakmir. Rakmir has got to be the worst combination right, possible. But. But, I mean, realistically, Rakdos with e- any of Orzov, Gruul, or Boros is going to be fun. Yeah. So, like, that's something to look at. What are at. Orzov's potential matchups? Uh, Golgari, Azorius, Rakdos, and Selesnya. So, Golgari, uh... Golgari yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go that way. 
Uh, I just want to like. Uh, that sucks. I seriously. Yeah, think- like this. This pre-release is gonna be shit. I can already tell. I'm gonna get like the fucking the two worst guilds combined, and I'm just gonna play people that got like Aurelia and Obsidian. I think you just have to go Selesnya and gamble, dude. Yeah. Yeah, because like the only the only bad one you're gonna get there is Simic, and even then it's not terrible. But then you also have access to Orzov, Gruul, and Poros. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think that's the best one. I'm gonna go that one second round. For sure. For sure. Mm. Not close. Hmm, Selesnia. Hmm. Yeah. But I don't know, like, if you pick Boros itself, I mean, Azorius, Rakdos, is it Selesnia? Yeah. Like, the the detain from Azorius should be able to help you push your guys through. Rakdos with That's Boros what everybody is... saw, but it sucked. Azorius actually just is terrible. Hmm. Rakdos, Boros would be super. And Boros, Selesnia would be fine. The only real, sh- the real shit one is Is it? I think, with that combination. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what about Goblin Test Pilot, man? That guy's baller. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I want to be playing is Goblin fucking Test Pilot. I don't know. I think I think yeah. te- Teleportal is about the best card that you can possibly hope to pull there. But uh, yeah, so uh, anyways, it's really sweet. Um, I really like the way they've done it. I'm pretty pleased that we're gonna get to like savor all of them. You know, it's gonna make for a bunch of different unique decks and uh, should be a good experience. Mm-hmm. So, I hope you fucking tear ass and kill everybody. That'd be amazing. I think we Horrible. all should just win. Yeah, I mean, I, I, all I do is win, man. That's all yeah, I do. All I do is win. So, speaking of winning, um, I played some Standard on Tuesday. Sweet, Ooh. how did that go? Well, I was setting up a Commander Night, and uh, Tyler the Fro from Twitter, also from legit MTG fame. Yep. Uh, came over and he was he was joining us for a commander for the first time ever, playing with the commander boys. But uh, he was there early, or everyone else was late or whatever. So he and I jammed some standards. So he was playing a uh, Jund colored Borborgamos uh, Grizzlebrand reanimator deck, <laughs> which actually was pretty neat. Um, if not for the fact that I was playing Jund, and uh, I won a lot because the deck's retarded. Right. Yeah, I mean, plus he, you know, reanimates a singleton creature, and then you kill it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was helpful. Um, but like, he, honestly though, like Borborgamos, he would ever resolve Borborgamos in any way, shape, or form, and like he automatically always had like four lands in his hand. It was just like boom, twelve you, and like that's a lot of damage. Yeah, I know. I kill people in EDH for that guy all the time. Yeah. So Spe- speaking of which, I did add. I added a tabernacle to my Borgamos deck. Oh god! Oh, so sweet. Yeah, I, I love it. I haven't got to play it yet, but I, I love that I have a tabernacle in there now. It was like when I added the um, the Bizarre Baghdad to my zombie deck. It was like, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Finally, it's complete. Nice. Right, been waiting boys. so long. We can take it apart and sell it now. Sweet. <laughs> so um, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about construct it with this uh, with this new set, man. Sure. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot a card at you guys. You tell me, construct it playable or utter shit. But also, okay? you should read it for the audience too. Okay. Good. Good idea. Ready? Plasma capture. Plasma capture. 
Green property. Plasma capture. Plasm. Plasma capture. <laughs> Plasm. There's no A. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Plasma. This Plasma. is not scripted. This wasn't scripted. <laughs> this was. This wasn't a thing that we did. FYI. Anyways, can, I, can I read the, the cover to Shut master? the fuck up. <laughs> green, green. Plasma blue, capture. Blue. Plasma capture. <laughs> okay, plasma capture. All right, it's plasma capture. I see that now. Oh. All right. So it's a green. It's a green. It's a blue. It's a blue. So green, green, blue, blue. Instant counter target spell at the beginning of your next pre combat main phase. Add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool where X is that spell's converted mana cost. Okay, so what's the question? Is it on a scale of 1 to 10, how playable is it? 8. Wait, set between 7 and 8. 7 and 8. Yep. J. Boosh, what, what do you think? Are you high? No, I'm serious. The decks that are going to play this are, no. uh, yes. The it's, decks... a, it's a 7 or an 8 out of 10 to be played in standard. Yeah. All right, maybe we should do For this. For four colored mana? Listen, maybe we, should, maybe we should do this. We should say what a 10 is and what a 1 is. Okay, there you go. Do that. Okay, yeah, so Jay, Jay you tell me what a 10 in standard constructed is and a 1 in standard constructed. Yeah, yeah. And a 5. Like, like okay, yeah. so like a 10 is like drag test. Okay. And a one is like whatever Any... Horde Oceans is talking about. Okay. And, and a five. And I don't even know what a five is. Like a five is like a like a syncopate. <laughs> He's randomly five is like a. Like it a, is. Like it a is. Syncopate. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, syncopate is so good!" And then everyone was like, "I'm just gonna play Cavern of Souls." And then everyone was like, "Oh man, syncopate sucks." And then everyone was like. Man, Syncopate sucks anyway, and then now everyone's back on Syncopate. It's like one of those cards, you know? It's a situational garbage. Like, uh, like Celestial... Like Celestial Charm. No, no, yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Okay. That's so, a five. Celestial Charm's a five? Sure. But it has, yeah, like, no, certain... No, no. no. Celestial Charm is... Like is... Like See, like Celestial a... Charm's the firm seven, and I think it's in exactly the same sort of area seven. as... It's like a six. No way Celestial Charm's a seven. A firm seven, even? Like a softest of soft sevens. Okay. Like a, a Polish a seven. Six. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, at best it's a six. Okay, I'm, I'm considering now with the angel and exiling everything metagame, but okay, fine. It's still so, not really played that much in, in standard. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so like I... Clone. Uh, clone is a seven. Clone is a, is a six, man. I think a seven is like an unbearable right? Evil twin <laughs> is a seven. No way. No way. Oh my god. <laughs> so high. So, all right, oh all right. You guys God. can suck my balls. You guys go first. <laughs> okay. But no, no. Be... Tell us more about how this four. No, I no, I don't give Man, a shit. You guys go. No, like, no, no. I will tell you though. I will tell you. Listen, think, Sam think... Black loves this card. Fuck so, Sam Black. Who gives a shit what Sam Black likes? Tom Martell <laughs> likes what Sam uh, Sam Black likes. It's four mana. Four Which, colored mana. Yeah, four yeah, colored yeah. mana. And you know what? You're going to counter whatever spell they play, and then at that point in time, you're going to untap and fucking on turn five, drop a fucking Angel Serenity on the table. That's worse than cancel. That is absolutely worse than cancel. I'm sorry. A counter spell that ramps you directly into your, like, seven and eight drop this the next turn. This isn't fucking Mana Drain. This is not Mana Drain. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. It's not. It's totally not Mana Drain. It's this also, this spell terrible. totally will not be played in the Omniscience deck. Where they counter your fucking. That's four not even drop. a real deck. If you're talking about a seven, <laughs> how much? If are you're you talking, fucking are you high? Talking, if you're talking about a seven, 
in a deck that nobody plays except for Travis Wu and people on streams and and scrub pubbers. Then yeah, absolutely. It's, dude, it's a dude, seven listen. in that deck. Absolutely. No, fuck off. The, the, no, deck, the omniscience deck came in tenth place in our WMCQ on the weekend. So oh my fuck God, you, it's not a real deck. Holy okay. shit. Okay, wait, That's wait, like wait, a wait a second. Games wait a open, second. It's harder than the Pete, like the Pro Tour. Right, dude, you, guys, you, you guys, weren't there. How can you possibly say that shit? You weren't the people that were there in that event were insane. Like the podcast is degrading. Let's let's stop for a second. First of all, I will admit. You know, omniscience is not really uh, like a staple of the standard meta game. It's kind of like it's kind of like tier th- two, three ish. You know, like standard tier meta game tier one. We got like Jund, we got like Junk Rights, we got like uh, Esper, maybe. You know, omniscience is not really in there, but I I will back up Scott on this one. <clears throat> I think that this this counterspell will see play in a rug deck that wants to keep its mana open to counter things and use the mana that it gets from this plasm capture to play something like <laughs> not not I don't think they're gonna tap out with it. Like I think it's dumb to be like plasm capture seven drop. Because like then you lose all of your like protection or whatever, you know? Yeah, then I'm just like syncopate for one. Yeah. So what I think they're going to do is, like, Plasm Capture, like, play the Planeswalker, the Razal or whatever like that next yeah. turn. And then, like, they have four mana still open, or even five or whatever, because they can untap something. Um, and then they just keep Counter Magic open while they build this Planeswalker up. And, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be one of those things in the, in the, uh, in the control decks. Kind of like, uh, like what Rewind was in the blue-white... Uh, in the blue-white flash flash deck, because what Rewind did was it allowed you to counter something and then play a Resto Angel at the end of turn. So right. what you would do is you'd, you'd like you'd switch from being a control deck to like getting aggressive, and I think that's what this is going to do. It's going to be like counter whatever you play and then untap, play a Planeswalker, leave mana open, go. Well, obviously activate and then go, and then like you're going to protect it with your counter spells, and if you play another one of these, you get to play another threat, you know. Okay, decks that this card will see play in. Bant. Rug. Five-color omniscience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, those are sweet decks. I better pick up four of these. Sure. Those, okay. are, the decks, those are the decks this card will see play in. Okay, you guys so can debate you... and argue how good or bad those decks are, and I don't give a shit, but that's where it's going to be played. Okay, so... so well, yeah, you that... just name decks that had blue and green in them. <laughs> that can make use of the effect deal holes. Blue, Shut blue the shit green, up. Blue green Move aggro. on. Okay. Blue green aggro so, is going to play so this. I clearly didn't say bug aggro. I clearly didn't say fucking master <laughs> oh, biomancer blue green. Like, I forgot up. that those were decks too. Master Shut biomancer. <laughs> master biomancer blue green. Oh, okay. man. Alright, so now that that has been. You know, up. honestly, it frustrates me so much, Jay, that you no longer actually pay attention to the real internet. Because the information highway for you is just so stymied that it travels through the ditches of Reddit. Like, it's so bad. I'm so sorry. I just feel like you're naming decks from Reddit. Like, like, explain to me where and how good this blue-green Master Biomancer deck is. There is no Myobath. No, 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 no. My point is is I'm not just naming dirtily shit-ass decks like those. That's my point. They all sound like that. 
I'm sure that they all do. Like, like to the rest of us, that have I've f- never even heard or seen this deck. What is Bug, it? Bug Aggro won the uh, Brazil WMCQ. It has done very well on the Star City circuit. It has also done. Um, it when did you also say very well, define very well. Within the top eight of a couple okay. tournaments. In addition to that, uh, it's also been fairly prominent in the Magic Online results, doing uh, accomplishing a bunch of three ones and four ones. So that's what I'm talking. Yeah, I've seen a handful of three ones. Uh, it, Bug Aggro is definitely it, it is a deck that people will definitely see at an F and M. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's how high of a level it is, but it's definitely not like not a deck. It's it, exactly. It's not not yeah. a deck, and that's the point. Yeah. It, it, it like uh, is everything that's not tier one not a deck? Because if that's the case, then maybe my definitions are just off. Yeah, no, but, but I mean, like so, you didn't name tier any tier one decks at all. No, he like, did. He named he named Bant. He said, oh, "Sorry, Bant. Yeah, Bant. Bant. Yeah." Um, so, so, so let's get your opinion, Jay. Scott thinks this is about a seven. Where do you think this is at? Like, this is a five. This is an easy, at best, this is an easy five. So you think this is as good as Syncopate? This is, this is worse than Syncopate. So you're saying then it's, is a five, like, what do you... It's, like, it's, just, it's too it's too broad. I don't want to have an argument about how four-color mana, like, counterspell that yeah. maybe ramps you next turn is fucking... Like, whether it's a one, two, three, four, or five. Like, everything that is not uh, really, really good is, like, a five or less. That's how okay. that works. I have, like, a one, two, three scale. I don't go up to ten. I don't, okay. need, to, I don't need to define the difference between a six and a seven. Yeah, but for the listeners, they, they want to see, like... Cause like the okay, listeners like... don't care. The listeners don't care. The listeners either think, like I think, and that winning is important and not fucking around, or they <laughs> think like Scott thinks, which is to do the coolest thing possible in the most like outside the box way and then they'll think this is good but then okay. or like the, i'm not going to convince them i'm not going to say like oh man this card's a seven and then they're going to be like wow this card's a seven i better pick it up okay so next one next one notion to, oh by the way i'll rate this card at, at like a five or six i think it'll but i i but i think five or six is a high rating for me like you know i I don't. I think a lot of standard cards fall between like st- stuff that sees play in standard fall between like five and seven, like you know. Yeah, like it depends on it depends on how you're defining it. Like right, like like what is Rakdos Cackler? Like is that just a five because it's actually just a shitty card, or is it like an eight because it's been everywhere for six months? Yeah, I'd put Rakdos Cackler at like a five. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like Rakdos Cackler isn't an eight because it it's a two power on turn like, one. Like for example, I'd put like Centaur Healer at like a six. Yeah, but I mean like that yeah. card's good. It's in a lot of decks and it wrecks you. Like that's what I mean. Like yeah. just because a card is in a deck doesn't give it a playability like a high playability score, which is why it should be one, two, or three. One is this is always played all the time. Two is this is a five. This is a situational sometimes sideboard or could see an a, a, like a surge in play if people start going you know, a certain direction. Like, any card that hoses a graveyard. And then a three is, like, an absolute piece of shit garbage. Okay, and where would you put this? Which? This plasma capture in your rating. Like a three, like a two and a half. Okay. Like, I I don't think I'm ever going to play this card. Even if I play a deck that could play this card, I don't think there's any reason for me to ever play this, and I don't think I will. I'd rather play a rewind, or I'd rather play a single page. Okay, okay. So, next one, Notion Thief. Rated for the audience. Oh, yeah. Notion Thief. <laughs> okay, um, two mana, a blue and a black. So that's four mana. 
Creature Human Rogue has Flash. If an opponent would draw a card except for the first one he or she draws in each of his her draw steps, instead that player skips that draw and you draw a card. It's a 3-1. And it does not fly, right? It does not fly. It, <laughs> yeah, t- but it does have flash, right? We talked about this last time. It does video. have flash, yeah. So what do you rate this? Me? Or Scott? Mm-hmm. Or you? Everyone. Everyone. I, I, since, like, you don't subscribe to the 10 rating system, I'm sure. not going to use the 10 rating system because, you know, it just doesn't make any sense that one of us is just not going to participate in the rating system. So on a scale of one, 1 to 3, or rather 3 to 1, because 3 being the worst, right? Right. Where, where is this at? I, I'd opinion. probably give this a 2. Uh, until people start to play against, like play around it, and then they don't, right? Like this will be really, this will be really big as people get sick of Sphinx's revelation, mm-hmm. uh, and then, and like it'll be like an ebb and flow, like Syncopate was with Cavern of Souls, or like uh, how you play like main deck cards to beat Cobblade, and then like they don't care, they just beat you anyway. Like I feel like that's what this is going to be like. Like this isn't, this isn't the end of Sphinx's revelation. And we're talking about in standard, by the way. We can't really. Talk yeah, about obviously, it. I don't know anything about any other format. What do you think, Scott? Uh, this is functionally a forecast and cost three one with no abilities. Okay, so you're going to say it's a three? Yeah, I'd say I'd probably wipe my ass with copies of this card. Okay, he's wiped his ass, and I, I'm like, <laughs> I think it's a for me, it's a two. Uh, people might want to use this whispering madness. Uh, might get cute with it, you know. Come on, Medina, those aren't actually decks. Who's going to play the fucking blue-black Whispering Madness deck? That's not a deck. Yeah, it's, I, not. it's, it's definitely That's, not a deck. It's definitely it's not a deck, but, but, like, the definition of two was that somebody could play it and it could gain hype, but it's not something that's absolutely played like a one, and three is, like, totally not played. It's shitty. Any card could get hype. I, You know what? Murder could get really popular because in French it spells homicide. Like, anyways. Carry on. Yeah, what I'm just saying is that playability-wise, it could show up in a deck. Uh, what about Advent of Worm? I think we talked about this last week, too. Did we? Yeah. Let's pick one we, let's pick one we didn't talk about. Did we talk about Blood Baron Viscopa? Uh, I don't think so. Not in depth. This is, this is a two. This is this is a two. This is a card that, until people learn to play around it, um, could cause some trouble. It could be a pretty good sideboard card in a couple of the niche decks. Um, the fact that he's got protection from uh, black and white make him immune to a lot of the removal. Is it black and white? What does it yeah. do? Yeah. So he's a 4-4 four, four with lifelink um, and protection from black and white. And if you have 30 life oh, yeah. and your opponent has 10 or less... Then he becomes like a ten ten or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. with flying Anyways, or something. Yeah, the, the, I mean he's tough because like, what's really important is that one of the few ways to actually kill him outside of, well, actually, period, um, is his mortars. So if people are going to really start playing a lot of like red burn mortars, which people have gotten away from due to Boros Reckoner, but like I mean you see the two. He so I think he's going to be a pretty good sideboard card for uh, the aristocrats against like Jund and stuff like that. Um, he's also fairly decent, I guess, against control because, like, I mean, all of their removal is going to be black and white, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, he's just going to be able to, like, get in and beat. He's a, he's in competition, obviously, at 5-drop with Obsidat, 
who also similarly fill similar roles, but I don't know. It's totally going to depend on the way the format goes, whether this guy's going to be good or not. All right, I got one that I think is a one. Gaze of Granite. Ugh. X, black, black, green, sorcery, destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost X or less. I really want nothing more there than for there to be a really good bug control deck. Mm-hmm. And this is the sweeper that that deck needs. And I mean, like, fueling this with the plasm capture is pretty dirty. Ooh, bug into plasm capture. Right? But, I mean, like, I, I'm i not sure if this is actually a deck. The fact that it's an X spell makes it appealing, because, like, a lot of the bug spells, are, a lot of the bug decks are right now that are sort of trying to go this way are playing cards like Dusk Mantle Seer and uh, Desecration Demon. Mm-hmm. And, like, Dusk Mantle Seer flipping it only as a three and it potentially having this huge effect is pretty sweet. So, I mean, that's an upside where the two of them go together. But, I mean, like, ubiquitously played as a one? Like, Thrag Tusk? I don't know. It's a, oh, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a one and a half? Like, one and a half, I'll give you. See, that's why I like ten, because, like, this would I know. be, like, then a use, Then on. use ten. Like, a one is a ten out of ten. It's not that difficult. Yeah, but there's no place for a seven, dude. There is. is that, you could call that a two and a half. One and a half. One, or one and a half. half, I mean, a one and a half. This yeah. is the worst. It's the worst. What do you think, Jay? You think this is a play? No. I mean, like, uh, people will force it. I'm sure it'll see some play. Like, I, don't, I just don't know. Like, it just doesn't seem super great to me either. Okay. It's four and X? No, three and no, X. Three. three and X. Three and X and destroy everything X or less. Yeah. yeah, the fact that it's extra less, I think, is what makes it relevant. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that that green deck is going to want to ramp too. So, like, even if, like even if you're not ramping, if it's like if you cast this for six mana, you're wiping every three drop and below. Yeah, and six mana is not like an unreasonable thing. Like in no, I just in, don't know. Merciless why, eviction terminus, right? I just don't know why you would do this for six when like like what three drops are you wiping that you care about so much that you're. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to look at this in a vacuum. I'm trying to look at this like I am what behind the eight ball, and I like rip a fuck. I'm in six mana, and I rip this card, and I want to wipe all the threes. Yeah. So like, what do they have? Well, they have a fucking. And, what do they have? They have a jace. So they have a jace. They have two Rakdos cacklers and ten delvers. Like, what do they have? Like, why? How? <laughs> you know what, what I mean? They have like, like a like a Boros reckoner and a okay. Kuhn or something. You know. So, sweet. So I wrathed a Boros Reckoner and a Kirun. Yeah, for, for six? Like, that just doesn't seem like a one to me. That doesn't seem one to me, I, right? I That's think this card, this card is going to be really, really, really powerful in block. But I think in standard, at best, it's a one and a half on our scale. Okay. Because, like, block is going to be largely dictated as well from their mana fixing by things like key runes and clue stones as well. Like if people want to get big, that's how they have to do it. And being able to like blow all of that up and reset them back. Like that's pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's, that'd be where I'm at on that card. Yeah. Like I, I feel like this card probably could be or should be good, but I think like they're, like I said last week about a, a couple other things that they made, they're just too afraid to reprint really functionally awesome cards that are just amazing. Yeah. Like, like, go ahead. I was going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, which one? Four, the Helix? Four mana for four damage instead of two mana for three damage. No, this isn't going to see play in standard. 
No, so. like this, it shouldn't anyway. Like yeah. I don't think I would even play this as a one of in like my American control deck. There's no, no reason for me to do that. Like my <laughs> best, my best turn is like a what? Like hold up counter magic or like four damage. Yeah, don't just play Boros Charm instead if you want to fucking brain them for four. Yeah, or like don't, or like just Mizium Mortars if you want to hit their guy for like, yeah. but it costs only two. Like I just, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. just. Like, it's an instant, but so what? There's, like, Searing Spear. I would rather just have a Searing Spear. Like, Aristocrats is never going to play this, right? And you're not going to... America. Gonna, you, I mean, American Control, like, yeah, you're going to play Mizzy Mortars, you want the Life yeah. Game? Play Sphinx's Revelation. Like, yeah, I don't want to play this around. in American Control. Like, no. Mm-hmm. That's no, no. fucking trash. Yeah, this is not going to see play. And Boros doesn't want to play this, because 4 is insane. Yeah. Alright. Uh, Zurhar Ta Druid. See? Druid? Okay. Mm. I like this guy, and he's and it's only because it's like so this is the mana elf that deals damage, right? So he's red, yeah, he's red mana. green, red green common, mm-hmm. and he taps for a green mana, and whenever he taps for a mana, you get to deal one damage to target opponent. Yeah. Okay. So like in that to red, each opponent, by the way, to for each EDH opponent. buffs. Okay, so even better. So in the rug deck that inevitably is due. With Ral Zarek and Huntmaster and all the rest of the stuff, Jeff Hoogland is already and playing. And Plasm some, Capture. Right? Rug, you know I mean, like, like Jeff Hoogland is already trying to play Rug Flash to some success. And, I mean, like, Caleb Durward's been brewing with it a little bit, a little bit as well. So, I mean, the Rug deck will be a thing. Um, this card seems like it's a pretty sweet fit for that deck. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you've got Farseek and this guy. So you can go, like... Guarantee turn three four drop. I think it's pretty good. I don't know. Two mana dorks are not very good, in my opinion. He's got all upside though. He also clocks your opponent. Like this is a mana guy that you for one. Who cares? Each like, time you tap him, I mean, one is still it's still nickel and dime. Like it's still worthwhile. I don't it's know. it's incidental damage, like incremental incidental damage. I I think it's a pretty sweet card. I I think it's a. It's it's an elf I would not be ashamed to play in a mana deck or in um in a in an aggro deck. I like it. Sweet. Um do I like it? Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I I think I do like it. I think I do. I don't love it by any stretch, but like like you would you use this instead of uh like would you use this in Jund instead of Arbor Elf? No. No. Right? Because like Arbor Elf helps to fix your mana with all of your with all of your stupid stupid lands, but more importantly, it's a one drop. Like there are times decks that you need it on one. There are other decks that wouldn't mind putting it on two, and it could be interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Like one of the one of the things that you could do is basically play this in an emissary deck. I don't know how valuable it is, but there is that option. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can emissary into this guy, which is. I don't know, is it good? Who knows? Nope. It's not as good as Emissary into a Flinthoof War. Like, why are you playing Emissary to, into this guy, though? Like, you're playing a ramp deck, so you don't play Emissaries, right? Yeah, that's sort of where my headspace is on on that, too, Jay. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I think a rug deck with, like, this guy and Ral's Eric and is it Staticasters, and you could probably find some neat way to, like, tap and untap your guys a bunch of times and pull off shit. I don't know. I think that's where you'll see it. I think it's neat. Okay. Neat. Good and limited. Be really good and limited. Oh yeah, unlimited. This is a fucking great card, but yeah. So. But I mean, like unlimited, almost every card can be good, right? 
Yeah, but I mean, not not as obvious as this. Like, this card is obviously good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, so those are some of the things I wanted to get your guys' opinions on. Uh, I didn't really have any other ones that I was curious about. How do those line up to uh, what you're seeing in the pre-order space? The pre-order space is a strange place to be. Uh, let me see what I got going on here. Dragon's Maze. Like, certain things like Sin Collector, I sold out of those. Yep. Uh, which is obvious. Advent of Worm. Aetherling. Uh, those sold really fast, the Advents and the Aetherlings. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, obviously, right? And some, and those, I wasn't really like, uh, sometimes I put aggressive price on these things, you know? And those I weren't, I wasn't putting really aggressive price, and they still, they still freaking sold out really fast. Um, Blood Scrivener, those guys have been selling really well. I feel like I could have put a bunch, of, some of those sold at even $9.99, I think. They're back down to $7.99, but, uh, those sold really fast. Yep. Master of Cruelties was one that started at like $2 and went up really fast. Yeah, uh, I, it's probably not as exciting to hear about what's selling, but there are some cards that I'm really curious about why they're so cheap. Like Beck and Call? It's not Modern Season. No one's going to play it in Standard. That's why. Yeah, but this card is... Not Standard know, playable? Not a $4 card, in my opinion. This card is very good. Sure. So, I mean, you could totally bankroll them now, and if that Elves deck actually is as good as everyone thinks it's going to be, and it becomes $8, you could double up. But, like, I don't think you're getting much more out of it than that. Like, it's going to go into one deck. Maybe one and a half? Like, that are going to be worth it. Let's anything. just put it this way. Um, the counterpart, Glimpse of Nature, yeah, it's one mana, but it's $20. How could Glimpse of Nature be $20 and this thing be $4? Uh, Glimpse of Nature is still played in Legacy Elves? Yeah. Yeah, but I think the one mana makes a difference in Legacy, right? Uh, I mean... The color makes a difference in Legacy, I think, right? It depends. It depends. The the I think the Legacy Elf right now, the Legacy Elf deck runs green and black, I think. Huh. But you can do whatever, because you have fetch lands and stuff like that. Yeah. So the the back and call I don't think it should be that low, and also the breaking and entering I don't think should be that low. Um, yeah, I'm not sold on breaking and entering being a killer ass card. What do you mean killer ass card? Well, like, a, what's it? Four dollars? Five dollars? You said it's a dollar fifty on my website. I don't know what what is it everywhere else. Maybe I have it too low. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, it's sorcery speed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Six mana for that effect? No, I don't know. Like, to me, I'm thinking about it as a, like a, a casual card. Mm-hmm. And, like, cards like, uh, like, Mind Funeral, that's like a $5 card. It's a blue, black, and a colorless, and it mills until they mill, like, four lands. Yeah. And then, uh, there's the other mill card that's a blue and a black, and it mills, like, is it 10 or 15 cards? 10. Yeah, it's gl- uh, glimpse of glimpse the unthinkable. Glimpse the unthinkable. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a two dollar card on Star City too. Yeah, see, 
So this card nails eight, which is only two less than Glimpse, right? Yeah, but it's a sorcery instead of an instant. Glimpse is not an instant. Isn't it? No. And what's Glimpse of the Unthinkable? Or Glimpse the Unthinkable? Uh, that's expensive. Oh, that's an expensive card, yeah. Can you, but can you imprint breaking on a on an Isochron Scepter? Like, I don't think you can, right? Because converted mana cost on it is like you can. eight. You, you can. You can. They used to do, you can if that was the rule. Like, you can only put instants on Isochron Scepter. That's the first thing. So, like, you can't put this on there anyways. But when they used to put it, they used to put research and development on Isochron Scepter. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you could do that if it was an instant. Uh, but yeah, look at Glimpse. Glimpse the Unthinkable is the top ten cards, right? And it's twenty dollars. Yeah. And this thing is like well, top a, eight cards. Yeah. It's eight cards. It's like two cards less, and it's a dollar fifty. How much? How much does it cost to cast, though? It's a blue and a, a blue and a black. Hmm. Just like Glimpse the Unthinkable. It's it's exactly Glimpse except for it's two less cards. Hmm. Except for is it opponent? I guess I guess that might make a little bit of a difference. Uh, breaking entering is that opponent or no target player? Yeah, see, so this card to me is not a dollar fifty. <laughs> like, because of glimpse the unthinkable, because of mind funeral. Like, why is this a dollar fifty? There's no way that it should be a dollar fifty. I bet you in like, I don't know, two years this card is like five dollars, maybe even ten dollars. Glimpse is twenty right now, and Mind Funeral is five. Well, that could be an interesting one. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So those two cards to me don't seem like I don't like their price points right now. They feel like way too cheap. Mm. But yeah, all the stuff I'm selling out is just basically the the typical stuff. There was nothing that really struck out at me and like, whoa, why am I selling all these? Yeah. Well, remains to be seen, sir. Yeah, man, I can't wait to see which cards like are going to spike, like Boros Reckoner. That was dirty. I didn't see that one coming. No, and it was interesting because it was like four dollars and then seven, and then all of yep. a sudden it was like, why is this a twenty dollar card? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, I seen it when it got to when we got to seven. I was like, oh crap, this is going up. Like everybody wants it. So I caught on at that point, but I'd never like seen it coming before that. Yeah. Yeah. So that might happen with something like that indestructible red white guy. You know, some stupid thing like that. Boom. Thirty dollar rare. Suck it. Suck it. Suck it. Chicka chicka. Yeah, so I've got some really interesting stuff happening on Monday. Sweet, what is it? Well, um for those of you that might have tuned in and those of you that might not have uh, Modern Mastery, as you know, it is over. My st- stream has been... Uh, that stream has, has written its last chapter, and that article, by the time you listen to this, will have been posted on LegitMTG.com, so check it out. Yes. Um, I have instead opted to change the name, change the skin, and change the game. So we are starting with uh, Compulsive Research, starting on Mondays. And uh, I've got uh, some pretty sweet guests lined up to to kind of help us out. And I kind of wanted to change the name because I decided that playing more than just modern was going to be important. And modern mastery playing standard is awkward. 
Yes. So, <laughs> so we went through a, a hearty selection process. We decided on the new name, and uh, that's that's where we're at. So we've got some really sweet graphics done by Maddie Studios from uh, over at uh, the other podcast on uh, Mana Deprived. Heavy Meta. So shout out to those guys. He and Kevy and uh, the Ferret do a pretty good show. Um, but yeah, so it's it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm very excited. My super amazing first guest, to the surprise of nobody, is uh, Shaheen Sarani, whoop, whoop. who will be uh, on stream with me. I just placed the order for his uh, Esper deck in its entirety. So I'm going to try to get some cycles in with that over the weekend before we uh, get started with it on Monday. So if you guys uh, want to check out how Shaheen Sarani rocks his Esper list in standard and talk about sort of what's coming up with Dragon's Maze and what he's expecting, you should tune in because it's going to be sick. And we'll see you there. See you there. <laughs> That's what Star City does every time they uh, they run this commercial about some like yeah. tournament or something. They're yeah. always like, it's going to be awesome, and we'll see you there. <laughs> also, um, there's been a lot of Star City hubbub lately. Yeah, but before we get to that, I just want to plug the the uh, the stream a little bit more. Oh, sure. Because, yeah, because I've actually been... No- I, I hang out in there every now and then, and I've been noticing you have now, like, an official following. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Which is great. Like, there's... there's It's really cool. When, when a stream is first getting started, like, and they're getting their variants, it's not always cool to hang out in there because, like, they don't always have, like, a group of people who are invested in it. You know what I mean? And since the people aren't invested, they're not really giving that much feedback, and it's not like a hangout. But this is like a hangout. Every time I go in there, the same dudes are in there. It's like, uh, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. So, and we're all giving Scott shit about his misplays and stuff. <laughs> so I think, it's, uh, I think it's awesome. And Scott listens to the audience. He tries different things. Uh, and I think it's going to be really cool to see you play standard and like kind of go through that instead of only only modern you know what i mean because like modern is like it's interesting but there's some things you know we can't just play modern every week i think people are losing a little more interest in losing a little interest in that you know yeah so like being able to play like we're gonna play standard for a bit uh dragon's maze is gonna hit um we're gonna have the dragon's maze pro tour there'll be a a nice surge of block decks and block cards that people are gonna want to play so um we can get in on some of those as well Uh, it's gonna be pretty awesome um, I'm very excited. Plus, I have a GP Calgary to not suck at. Woo! Woo-hoo. So that's Woo-hoo. sort of sort of what I need to do. So I need to get get a handle on all that. Uh, talk to Reed Duke. He is, of course, on board for an episode after the Pro Tour. So uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that I will have the Reed Duke standard hot tech on the show with Reed walking us through it. If you guys have never had the chance to watch Reed Duke's videos because you're not Star City Games premium subscribers, this will be a very special treat for you. So I'm very excited. Yeah, sweet. I'm officially not a premium subscriber, by the way. Me neither. (laughs) Yeah, my premium lapsed. And I have, like, a couple of stupid, like, cards that say get a year for free premium. But I haven't dug them out yet. And I really, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm kind of actually just trying to see how long I can go without redoing my premium. You should give them away. I should, huh? I don't know. Do people people who listen to us want premium? Because maybe I'll just give it to one of them. That'd be pretty sweet. 
Yeah, and but but that's the problem is I had to go dig it out, which is, I haven't even done for myself. So wow. So I don't know if I do it for a listener if I haven't even done it for myself. But I I I don't I don't mind premium. I mean, there's been a lot of changes to Star City lately too. So I mean, that could be. It may be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm not. By the way, let me, let me be completely clear here. I'm not bad mouthy premium. I've had premium for years. Yeah. I've enjoyed it all the time. I'm just saying it's kind of a funny predicament. I'm out of premium, and I'm just kind of seeing how long it's going to take <laughs> me to, like, you know, to re-up. So, currently, not premium. And uh, Next you know, week, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, Jerry's article, it says, being typecasted and Dragon Maid standard prediction. Jerry's article's really good. Oh, man, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> Like, first it was Todd's article, because everyone was making a hubbub about Todd's article, right? I didn't like Todd's article. And, and then, and then uh, so I'm just kind of like, and Todd was really plugging his article, saying, oh, man, this article made me cry. And I'm just like, oh, man, <laughs> I should, like, read this crying article. And then I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll be strong. Like, there's no need to read it. Like, I, I got to see how long I can go without doing this. But then Jerry showed up, and it's like, man. Have you read Jerry's yet? No, I haven't. I haven't had a premium. So. And I would never borrow someone's premium. I am totally against that. You know? So. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if next week, uh, if I just go and finally dig this freaking card up and, like, register my premium account. There's a sample of Jerry's article I just dumped into your, uh... It's a teaser. Oh, really? <laughs> Anyways. In the process, I failed my country. <laughs> Now you have to read it, don't you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. damn it! He puts quote. in uh, he puts in a reanimator list. He puts in a blue white red flash list. He puts in a jund list. He puts in a blue white red control list for post rotation or post uh, post dragon's maze. Like he talks about, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a good article. I'm telling you. Wow. Jerry likes to sell like trickeries. I think the most honestly, like for me, the most important thing about premium is actually just the video content. Like the premium videos are totally worth it, if nothing else. Um, it's really nice to be able to watch the Versus series because you end up getting to see how the decks actually play out. Um, you kind of have to ignore the play lines half the time, but like for the most part, you at least get the chance to watch the decks actually interact. Um, so that's really sweet. And some sometimes the articles are really good. Like Reed's articles often are amazing. Jerry's articles are often amazing. Um, you know, so like it's it's worthwhile. It's totally worthwhile. Plus, it's like Tom motherfucking Martell. He supports the show like mad. Like, we totally have to help him out. Yeah, but I'm not, like, I'm not saying it's worth it or not worth it, because for me, it's free. I have this No, I'm t- I understand that. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to speak I mean, to this. is it worth free? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> that's the best, the best price. <laughs> but, yeah, so unfortunately, Lauren um, got let go. Uh, mall drifting. She got let go from her position over at Star City, and I guess they hired Cedric Phillips to do it. Hmm. Yeah. So Is Cedric, what was, she, what was she doing over there? Um, she was like a, a major editor and in charge of like the online content and stuff that went out. Yeah, she was like okay. content, content, like almost content manager. Like, yeah, content uh, manager. So yeah. So now it's Cedric, and Cedric is basically now doing like a million fucking Star City Games live events because that he's just like the tits. Um, and he's also now in charge of like editing and, and making sure what goes up and quality control. So it's going to be pretty sweet, uh, to see what sort of changes, if any, that brings to the table, 
Um, it may make premium more worth, more worthwhile. He's definitely more uh, involved in uh, Twitter and everything else now as well. So it's uh, it's interesting times ahead for Star City Games and our own Cedric Phillips. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I really um, I really like Cedric and what he's been doing lately. Um, he came back like from his like magic break, you know. Yeah. And has just been kicking ass and taking names. Uh, everything he does has been quality. Uh, his articles have been quality. His, uh, his his commentary has been quality. His stream has been quality. He's very consistent about like plugging the people who are supporting him. Um, and you know, I think he's worked really hard, and he deserves to be in this position. You know, I'm kind of sad to see Lauren go because I really like Lauren Lee. Yeah, know? I'm a big Lauren Lee fan. Um, but it, I, you're I like a you're pretty... like a Lauren Lee tard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a lead card. Uh, so uh, I talked to her a little bit after, and uh, she says she's doing good and that she's uh, been kind of like checking out new opportunities and stuff like that. So that's kind of exciting for her, and uh, so I'm glad that things are working out for her. Uh, and I'm also I'm also excited to see what uh, what's interesting to do with the with the website. You know, it's always interesting to see a new a new person take the helm. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so come on, Cedric, make me go find this free premium card so I can level it up. <laughs> so the uh, the other thing that I think bears mentioning um, is Puka Trade. Puka Trade. Oh man, I I, I haven't talked about I haven't talked about this in the show yet. Yeah, Not really. I mentioned it casually. So so I'm now. I'm now deep in terms of like updating a bunch of cards that are available on my my have list for Puka Trade. Mm-hmm. I just upgraded to Puka Pro today. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, so Puka Trade. For those of you that don't know what this is, this is basically it's 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 been likened to very very similar to MTG Traders, I guess, which is like that trader forum that you guys all used to use back in the day. Yep. Okay. Where people would post, here's what I have, here's what I value it at, and then you'd get into this big pissing match with people, and they'd be like, well, I'll take this and this and this at, at this dollar, and anyways. So, what this is, is this takes all of the haggling with sharks out of it, entirely. Um, all of the pricing is done in points, not in dollars, and basically it's like each point is a cent. So if you have 100 points, you have a dollar. Okay, and what happens is, is the pricing is actually pulled off of the TCG player mid price, which is always the aggregated price based on you know that all of the trader grinders and all that sort of crap shark buy anyway. Um, so what you do is you kind of like upload to this place all of your cards that you want to trade, and they assign your points. And then what happens is, is people have similar want lists as well, and those want lists of course have point values. And what happens is, is as you, um. So you you continually check back, right? And and you you know you can see people that you go to like the trading section and you hit send a card and it'll load and and if anybody has points available to them and they have cards that um, you have cards that they want, then it'll pop up in this area and it'll say, "Would you like to send this card to this person?" Mm-hmm. Right. So you then throw it in the mail, top loader, sleeve, whatever, and you send you mail it out to them. And then once you mail it out to them, they receive the card, they double-click, you get your, your the points in your account. 
Okay, so it's interesting because it's like it's not really good for like immediate um, interaction, like immediate acquisition, but it's really good to kind of like help you get rid of a bunch of your chaff and like trade up as well, which I find that a lot of people are using this for. Um, but it's been really nice for me because like there are these little cards that I want to pick up that I just like don't feel like spending a dollar for or like fifty cents yeah. for actually at a website. You know, but like ground seals, for example, like all the orders that I've been placing online the last month, and I just have always never remembered to buy ground seals. So I like put three ground seals in there, and they were 44 points a piece, like 44 cents for a ground seal. And some dude just sent me fucking three of them. It's pretty sweet. Right? So like, so it's, it's a neat little, it's a neat little process. Like recently I just got like two Assemble the Legion, one Niv Mizzet Draco Genius, uh, a Gideon Champion of Justice. And, uh, well, fuck, I actually have the list. Yeah, the, I guess the, the, the revolutionary part of this is basically this. You're not trading with people. Yeah. You're just sending cards out, getting points, and then because of those points, people want them, so they're just trading, they're sending you cards so they can get your points. So yeah. it's, it's just like this point exchange system based on people sending cards to other people. So, like, it's neat because... So it's it's good unto itself. Like, it's pretty sweet. There are some challenges with the basic version. Like, you can't ever know if people are trying to send you cards or not unless you're constantly going back to the site of checking. You don't know if anybody's initiated a trade with you, and you don't know when your cards are starting to come for you because unless you continually are logging in and checking. So, like, that's frustrating. Um, when you go to Pro, you get a couple things that are, like, a couple features that are actually so amazing. Like, having used now, like, the basic Puka trade for, like, three weeks or whatever, uh-huh. having now gone to Pro, it's, like, night and day. Like, the the, the inventory management uh, capacity that you actually get through, like, the deck manager application um, is way more effective uh, for managing your shit than the actual basic is. Yep. You can cut, slice, and filter a lot better. Uh, the Pro cards are just sweet, too, because what you can do is, like, if you do a search... You've got some advanced filters, so you can like show only cards that users want, show only cards that users have, show cards that users want or have. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like you can filter through that by rarity, by color, like the whole nine. But what's sweet is if I just hit like show cards that users want, it ranks them from top to bottom in terms of what the most popular sought after cards are. Uh, that's really awesome. Which is so awesome, right? Because then you can just like prioritize, you know, like, well, I know I've got these and I can get rid of them real quick because there's a million people that want them. So I'll just ship it up. Yeah. So like, it's really, really nice that way. Um, and then the other thing that's sweet is you now can like, you can get notifications. So in the notifications area, you can set up that you can be emailed whenever a trade is initiated and emailed when a trade is completed. So you can know when your points are put in and you can know when somebody's sending you stuff. Uh-huh. Which is really helpful. Yeah, I think this is a it's a very interesting idea. Uh, it's something that people are kind of like curious of why I'm helping to promote. You know, uh, I don't know if you knew that, but I've been helping to promote this guy. Yeah, I mean, you've got a banner actually on the front page of Legit MTG. Yeah, so we have huge, Indiegogo, right? Yeah, we have a huge banner for their Indiegogo project on the on Legit MTG. Uh, people are like, dude, you're a store. Like, why would you want people to get their cards for free? You know? Um, well, paying for magic cards sucks. That's why. Yeah. Like, 
You know, I I know that there's going to be plenty of people who want to buy magic cards who don't want to get Puka points and, like, trade and, like, do this kind of thing. Some people, they want their magic cards, like, in, you know, the next day or two days, you know? And that's where I come in, man. I'll ship you your cards. Just send me some money, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but but I'm happy to see this kind of, like, idea grow. It's a, it's an interesting idea. It's a, a new way to trade. Um, you know, you don't get sharked. Uh, you can distill value, which is interesting, because, like, let's say Boros Reckoners are, like, $30, right? Well, if you send them out and get 3,000 Puka points, right, then those points just sit there. Yeah. And then if Boros Reckoner goes down, it doesn't matter, right? Because you have the points that equal whatever you want to get, you know? Yeah. So so I think it's very interesting. I'm definitely not saying it's 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 definitely not, like, foolproof or, like, it's definitely not, like, a flawless system. There's definitely some things that uh, need some attention, some some questions, stuff like that. I actually grilled this guy, the, the founder. Eric. A, yeah, Eric, Eric Freytag. Uh, I, did a, I did a podcast with him on Tuesday, mm. and I grilled the crap out of him about all this stuff and specifically talking about where the data comes from. We talked about... Uh, you know, uh, some of the worries about the points and the retention of the point value. Um, we talked about, I asked him who his heroes were, and we were talking about, this is like, I guess this is what he calls a collaborative consumption project. Yeah. And so he's got all these kind of ideals for it and stuff like that. Uh, and so we talked about all that stuff on this cast that we did, and that'll be going up on legit, uh, pretty soon here. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. It's cool. He's a really cool guy to talk to. He's very personable, charismatic. You know. He is so responsive on Twitter. Like, if you guys have any questions about Puka Trade, you just have to at Puka Trade on Twitter. He is fucking all over that shit. Yeah. So, like, that's customer service, too. Like, he really takes a lot of pride in his product, and it's it's pretty sweet. So, check it out. Um, they actually have, like, a... Their Indiegogo project expires, what, like, May 1st? Yeah, yeah or something like got, that. They've got like seven days left. Or, well, when when new people listen to it, it's probably like four or five days. Yeah. So you guys, if you like, want to sign in, get some money, get some points, get some swag, like it's a really nice place to go. So you can kind of check that out. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, they have six thousand three hundred fifty dollars and six days left, and it's Thursday. How much money? Six. They they're trying to get to an eight thousand dollar goal. Yeah, they I know need, that. They need like they need another sixteen hundred fifty bucks. Oh man, they're gonna get there. I I think so, right? So uh, you're chipping in bonus prizes as well now, right? Yeah, yeah. What we're gonna do is we're gonna find some sweet cards to raffle off for for some of the people at that level. So basically, we're gonna throw in like maybe five different you know cards to raffle, and he's just gonna raffle them off at random for people who donate it. So nice. Yeah, yeah. I want to see this like uh, I want to see it succeed. You know. This guy has a real, like, uh, he really wants it to succeed. It's kind of like his his baby. And whenever someone wants to bring something to Magic Community that's different and new, I always support it. I want to see it happen. Uh, you know, maybe it's not for everybody, but it is an interesting concept, you know? Yeah. So, I, anyways, I, I think it's pretty sweet. It's it's good enough that uh, it merits a bunch of discussion, I think. And uh, and you guys should definitely check it out and try it. It's It's pretty sweet. Uh, there have been um, so currently there are two thousand six hundred and eighty-one Puka Trade members. 
There are 898 trades in progress currently. There are over 18,745 completed trades, 604,000 cards offered. Like, it's insane. Wow. Yeah. So, it's totally worth it. Jay, you should check it out. If you don't have the opportunity to, like, go to stores and grind or bind or grind, or maybe you're just antisocial and you don't want to talk to people, then, like, this is a really sweet way to trade up your shit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I remember, like, I've I've been hearing about Puka Trade for a long time, and, like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it's something for me, maybe? The, The lack of foil support yet is really awkward. Um, if you're trying to do like pick up stuff for like cube and shit, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, 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 like you know, like and then, like I don't want it to be work. Plus, like being in Canada, it's like every time you have to ship something to someone, it's fucking two stamps. You know, no, it's, I mean it's a pain in the ass. Like it just takes forever for your shit to get there. I paid twenty two dollars to send one card to Don Wiggins, and it took fucking like three weeks to get there. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. This is why America thinks we live in igloos. <laughs> nice. We have all the technological advances of everybody else, but we fucking, you know, like all the amenities are just garbage. We still send, you know, letters by post through Kevin Costner. <laughs> nice. So yeah, so like I don't know if I want to deal with that. I mean, like Nick, um, fuck, what's Nick's last name? Hipster Venser on Twitter. He had something like this, like he had his own business and it was something like this and I played around with it, but like it was just like a lot of maintenance for nothing. Like for for me. Like I'm not somebody who wants to trade a lot of stuff. I just want to pay money and buy my shit and get my shit now. And I've always been like that mm-hmm. with everything, right? So I don't know. Like it just seems like it might not just be something for me where I just wanna log in, buy something, get it, and then be done with it, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Alright. Um, do we want to address any of our comments for this week? Do we get any good ones? I didn't see any. But do we want to talk about the organized play? Apparently that's the news. Oh, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Um, they changed the levels and the thresholds and the rewards. Yeah. Uh, and I, and like, on my Twitter anyway, all the pros seem to be happy, happy about it. I mean, like, I, I don't play at a high enough level to know really what anyone's talking about with it. Like, I don't know why it's always, like, this big hubbub about the, um, organized play. I don't understand enough of it. But I guess, like, yeah, they changed the levels, and they... It, it's something said, too, that they made, like, GPTs only two buys? Yep. Is that only... Is that all GPTs? Or is yeah. that just... Is that just GPTs on the Friday, or what? No, it's all GPTs. And did they say why they did that? Uh, because it's really tough for them to keep the events down to 15 rounds um, with everybody having three buys. Like, it just gets to the point where everyone X1s, and then you're like, X1 still right. barely makes it's still, top 16. still not good enough, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so that's why they had to cap it. So they're like, guaranteed nine rounds day one, guaranteed six rounds day two, plus top eight, that's it. Like, right. no more. Like, I mean... So, it, yeah, it's likely going to decrease the value of the GPT. Yeah. Because, like, for 750 Planeswalker points, you get two buys anyway. Right. So, like, anyone goes, anyone that goes and does fairly, you know, moderately well at two GPs and plays, or goes to a GP and then plays moderately well at FNM every week, 
Like, you're going to get two buys. Yeah. And you can't get more than that? Like, they're not even letting you get to the third buy? No. No. Oh, okay, okay. So they, they actually just... Oh, no, no, away. no, you can get three buys through Planeswalker points, but, oh, it's, like in, okay. but it's, like, insane. Yeah, yeah, like, you're not going to... You're not going to do better. <laughs> by, by the way, about this, um, I also don't play at a very high level, so, um, I mean, you know, I'm playing at my, my FNM or whatever. Um, but, uh, speaking of Lauren Lee, she actually did a blog post that summarized all this. Yeah. And uh, so we can put that in the show notes because it, it, it's a, it's a really good summary. Sure. And so like people who want to know, they can read it on, on that. It's just like a quick summary. And then some of the questions, I guess there's some like controversy about a, just like a little piece of it where like there seems to be a gap. Like if you top a, a GP or something like that, then like it's maybe if it's you top four, Basically, the way it works is if you get to a certain place in a GP, then you get qualified for the next Pro Tour. Yeah, it's like the top five, I think. Yeah, and then, like, there's a strange thing that, like, if you immediate once you hit silver, you immediately get qualified for the next Pro Tour. Yeah. So, like, they're trying to, like, ask about this weird, uh, this weird in-between where people might not want to progress in the GP top eight. So that they can keep their silver inv- invite, you know what I'm saying. So basically, like they get to a place why? in the but GP. But why would they want to do that? Here's why: because like the GP is already going to qualify them for the next pro tour. Right. So if they go higher in the in the GP, yeah, then then they then they get like double qualified. Uh-huh. So what and they want? And why is that bad though? Is what I well because they don't want their because if they hit silver at the next GP at like somewhere after that then they get automatically qualified for the next Pro Tour. Right. So it's like wasting a qualification. Okay. You know what I mean? What nope, people are saying... I don't. Well, okay, so people want them to double, to stack it, so that basically when they hit silver, they get qualified for, for the next Pro Tour that they're not qualified for, and then when they hit a certain place in their GP, they get qualified for the next Pro Tour that they're not qualified I for. I see. So they're trying so, to like, they're trying to like game it, so that like, it's like sandbag it. So that they yeah. can that they can qualify for two pro tours. Yeah, whereas not they're saying qualify. we shouldn't. Yeah, we shouldn't just double qualify. We should actually. Right. So we don't have to game the system. They should just say the next one and then the next one. You know what I mean? Right. 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 That does that makes a little bit more sense. Like you should just qualify for the next pro tour that you're not qualified for. Yeah. But they're saying that it might be too much like to manage that, to kind of figure that out for everyone. Right. Huh. So they're, they're, they're saying basically what they said is like the players kind of said this, that, yeah, this is really weird. Like it kind of uh, disincentivizes us to do like to perform in a certain way, you know? Uh, and then they said, okay, we realize that this might be a problem and we're going to work on it. So I guess they're already working on a fix for this kind of like little loophole or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't seem that difficult to keep track of. Like, if only the top five people and only silver are getting qualified for pro tours, like, how difficult could that be for Hasbro to keep track of? Yeah, I mean, I, who knows what they what they do like, over there. The, like, like the MLB and the NHL have guys that keep track of like the most asinine statistics possible, right? 
I mean, yeah, but how difficult is it for them to release, like, a digital product that actually is sweet, you know? Well, yeah, you think that. <laughs> I mean, like, actually, they did it with Duels of the Planeswalkers, which is actually sweet, and then they just can't make Moto, like, work. That good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, who knows, man? Stranger things have happened over there at the Hasbronian, like, hideout, whatever. The Hasbronian hideout. That should oh. be a booze cube card. Yeah, shit, well, if I, like Gleamax, that was, that's what it would be like, except for nobody would have fun and everything would suck. Yep, agreed. Alright, so do we have anything else we want to talk about then, boys? No, I want to talk to my pillow, that's what I want to talk to. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Pillow talk, yeah. Nice. You dirty Medina bastard. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give a special shout out to Norbert88. Jonathan Richmond. Yep, do you know why? Because he was the first person today to wish me happy birthday. Fuck all y'all. What? It's not even. It's not even tomorrow yet. Where it's I live. It's after. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's four like minutes it's, after. Four it's ten oh four for me. Oh man, he beat me to so it. You, what? you it's fucking blew day. it, John. You bastard. I did blow it. I did blow it. Well, Scott, since you've already mentioned this in the cast and made us all look like assholes. Happy birthday! Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. We're gonna we've we've got a hell of a lineup. I've uh, I'm pre-releasing and then I'm, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm pre-releasing and then I'm spell slinging and then I'm boost cubing and I'm UFCing and like it's just gonna be such an amazing weekend. I'm very excited. Yeah, it sounds sweet. like it's gonna be sweet. Yeah, yeah what's up? Yeah, so I got uh, I I got the the most recent Booze Cube beta too. So it's like 105 nice. brand new cards that I don't think have actually been on the website yet. Uh, Sick. So I get to try those as well. So I actually will have a Booze Cube of like almost 400 cards. Nice. Uh, so I won't have to add anything else. So I have to That's get some sleeves. Sweet. I'm pretty excited. Sweet, a Booze Cubian hideout. Awesome. Yeah. So, wife's making jello shots too, so it's gonna be awesome. Shoot us! Right on! 150 of those bad boys. It's gonna be insane. Is that because that's how old you are? Yep. Some days I feel that way. (laughs) 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 Also, hey, where's KYT even? He's back next week. Where is he? San Francisco right now. Yeah, right now he's in a a hotel with his fam. What the fuck? That's awesome. Didn't even phone in or anything. No. Fuck, when I was in the Dominican with my wife, I phoned in. Yeah, yeah man. You're an all-star. Yeah. What a chump. Fucking KYT. He's never never around. We're going to have to teach him a lesson. Well, we can talk about this off the show, but there's a bunch of lessons that we can teach him. Yeah. yeah. Also, you guys should put in the comments what you guys think an, uh, a, an accurate punishment would be for KYT for missing two weeks. Yeah. And not yeah. even just phoning, not even a phone call. We're worried. Yeah, we're worried. I had to hit him up on Skype. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm in the hotel with the familia. Trying to speak Spanish to, like, appeal to my Spanish side or something. <laughs> to, like, to, like, you know, like, the mommy, come on. You know, like, when you put that extra E on the end of mom, just, like, you know, you're in trouble and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mommy! Oh, man. He just asked me, what do you think of Hain versus Lansdale? Who asked? Uh, KYT. On where? I'm Skyping with him right now. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. I told him, what's up? And he's like, I'm in a hotel with the familia. 
And I was like, I love you, man. And he's like, love you too, miss you. Have fun. And then I was like, no, I said have fun. And then he goes, what do you think of Hayne versus Lansdale? And then my answer is, uh, you know, not going to be shared on the 18th. So, <laughs> Sweet. So uh, we're going to wrap this sucker up. Sorry, sorry folks. Uh, you know, the bar is closed. Last call was about 10 minutes ago. Suck it. See you later. All right. There will be no KYT this episode. <laughs> we will talk to you all next week. Come out, enjoy your pre-releases, and tell us all about how you did. Yeah, we want to hear about your pre-release in the comments. Comments. All right. Take it easy, folks. Peace. Well, no, the, hold on. There's Stop getting okay. excited about the same one I already got excited about. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold up, Tressa. Hold on. I'm drinking so much water tonight. Oh my gosh, I'm thirsty. There's actually... Intro packs. Building skills. Uh, pre-release primer. Jeez, I'm glad you're saying these words like over and over again. This is I'm great. going through the article. Um, the article's on uh, the mothership. These like squirrels, and soldiers, angels. They're at. Is it his? <laughs> no, it's not his.